Welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for March 2nd, 2020. We're already into March of the 20th year of the millennium. Man. Uh, so welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, my name is Tim Patterson. I own the company Trade Show Guy Exhibits. I've got a couple of books out on trade show marketing you can find on Amazon, Trade Show Success, and Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. Uh, my main website where everything is kind of the hub, you can find everything there is at tradeshowguy.net. All right, so later today, uh, Monday the 2nd, I'll be flying to, uh, I guess, into Santa Ana to go to Expo West, Natural Products Expo West, which is running all week through uh, Saturday at the Anaheim Convention Center. Uh, last year, there were over 3,500 exhibitors, over 80,000 attendees, and I expect it'll be pretty much the same this year. Although, um, you know, there's a big but there. Uh, I know I do know some companies are changing plans because of the coronavirus thing that's going on. I, I know some exhibitors have decided to pull out over travel concerns, some international companies. I know uh, I read that some China exhibitors will probably not be there. That would not surprise me. Uh, we also heard from Unilever, which is uh, the European company that owns one of our clients, uh, one of their brands, uh, Schmidt's Natural. Oh, hang on, hang on. This means I got to drink water soon. Okay, I got to do this here in just a second. It's my reminder to drink uh, water every day. Uh, <laughs> it happens, right? Um, uh, so where was I? All right. So I was talking about uh, Unilever, which is a European company who uh, owns Schmidt's Naturals, which is one of the clients we've worked with uh, since they were just an independent company out of Portland. We've done their trade show work for probably four years or so. Uh, they're being being told they can't go to the show. They're they're pulled. Uh, they're being pulled out. So along with some other brands that another company is taking care of, which you know it's interesting because Schmitz. I love working with them, but uh, getting bought by a bigger company, things change. A lot of things have changed. That's happened a number of times in my career. Small company from Salem or Portland gets bought by a big corporation, and things change. They decide to do something different. Uh, Schmitz is going to work with another company in the future for trade show stuff. I'm, I'm uh, sorry to see him go, but I was very glad to work with him and very glad to be a part of their early success. Anyway, uh, always in Anaheim, a crazy busy week. I see a friend or two when I'm down there. Um, I don't have much free time, so I don't do much of that. Uh, help set up uh, booths, a bunch of clients. Up, in fact, some of the clients we'll be there working with include Bob's Red Mill. Dave's Killer Bread, uh, Wetterspoon, Manuka Honey, Wild Brine, uh, Highlands Homeopathic, Safe Catch, a new client for ours, uh, Sealy Mint, also a new client, uh, Hop Tea, we did a booth for them last year, uh, Organics, should be a good week, so I'm looking forward to that uh, down there. As far as today's show, uh, the podcast, the video blog, I've got what I think is a good interview that I hope you enjoy. I hooked up with Marcus Vale and John Pugh of Share Experience in Pennsylvania. Uh, they both have a long history of success in the event and trade show industry and launched Share Experience as an exhibit and event design strategy and management company that works with corporations and agencies. Uh, you know, kind of a different approach. So that we should talk. And here is how that conversation went. I want to welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, uh, Marcus Vale and John Pugh of ShareX out of, uh, I'm going to say, Philadelphia. Am I remembering correctly? No, the other Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania. other Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, pleasure to have you on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you making some time. Likewise. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Tim. 
So uh, obviously you guys are partners in a company and we talked a little bit earlier, uh, it's a new company. So just give me the rundown. How did this happen and what's, what's new about it? And, and it sounds like a fun adventure you guys are, are jumping into. Yeah, well, we've been in the industry. I think uh, I started 1987 straight out of college and uh, we both left a company of about 18 or 19 years and uh, wanted to do our own thing felt it was the right thing to do in our careers at that point. And uh, when we were trying to figure out what was important in this industry as far as exhibitions and events and looked at our past history and our clients and the people we worked with, we thought um, anybody can build something, anybody can set something up and tear it down. But what, what made us most successful and it was the people we worked with and the experience that we had doing that. So both Marcus and I have uh, set up and just working together, you know, designed hundreds of structures, set up and tore down thousands of exhibition and events. So um, we thought uh, we would want to kind of help people with our experience and also find out from potential clients what their experiences are. And so that's that's how we kind of got the, the experience in there and sharing experience to help other people and working with people. So ShareX is actually less than a year old. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, we're, we're since October of 2019. So you're, you hit the ground running and that's been not quite six months ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So how's it, how's it been going uh, to, 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 to make that transition into the new company? It, yeah. it, it's been going really well. I mean, we were really excited. Uh, we launched the website uh, probably the first week in October. Uh, we, and because we've been in the industry for a long time, we have a lot of contacts. Sure. And so we, that was our first thing to get that out, kind of the new concept of what our company is. And uh, it was a little tricky there in the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas because that was so close that people kind of, we wanted to, be respectful of people's time and didn't, you know, want to make sure that uh, we just got the message out there, you know, during the holidays, but we've been really, really making some good contacts and some good traction. We've had some good PR um, with our new concept and what we're trying to kind of tell people, but it's been, it's been great. It's been exciting, fun. And uh, I mean, it's been good. It's a lot of fun. It seems to me when you launch any company, especially with, you know, you've had lots of experience, you know, lots of people, you've, 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 you're kind of like making a big transition. It certainly doesn't happen overnight. And you're now several months into it. Uh, maybe there's lessons learned or, or not at this point. Uh, is there anything you do differently at this point? Maybe it's too early to tell. Hmm. Well, you know, I think we've gone through the process of starting our company and just doing that has helped us congeal what we want it to be. You know, it's hard to know right at the beginning. And so we've had some good feedback from people that we've met with um, as potential clients and partners, people that worked in the industry with us and getting their impressions of what we're trying to do helps us frame it better in our own minds and then deliver it back to, you know, audience. So just going through that process of describing what we want to do has been enlightening for us and for everyone else, I think. I would guess you mentioned the launch of the website in October and I've been on the website a, a handful of times just to kind of get a sense of what you guys do. And, and obviously there's, there's a million ways to put a website together and describe what you do, but there's, 
there's a number of things that kind of jumped out at me. Um, you know, obviously engineering, production, operations, logistics, consulting. You also talked a little bit about branded architecture. I'm curious to know what your perception of that is, how you communicate that, what kind of things would fall under that umbrella? Well, branded architecture for us is anything where a brand wants to produce some kind of physical manifestation. It could be a physical environment like a lobby of a headquarters or a corporate museum or a training center. It could be a trade show exhibit or auto show exhibit. It could be a pop-up event. It could be a pop-up store in a mall. Any of these things that require us to take a brand and produce literally a space, physical architecture, physical objects, three-dimensional things from that brand. And in our experience, you know, we've, we've worked with a lot of big global brands like BMW Group and acted as stewards for them. And uh, it's something that we have, I think is one of our core competencies is taking an existing brand and helping to create three-dimensional architecture from that. I think the challenge with that, and I've seen that really well done in some cases and, and poorly done in other cases, is capturing that brand, especially if it's kind of not an ill-defined brand. Obviously, BMW is pretty well-defined and Nike is pretty well-defined, but there's a lot of brands which are not as well-defined and translating that with a design into something that people go, "That's you hit it, that's exactly what I wanted. Um, and putting that into a 3D uh, you know, rendering before you build it, um, that's, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of uh, back and forth, I, I expect, that goes on with that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of listening, it's a lot of, uh, you know, working with somebody and their ideas to come up with the right brand and then being consistent with that brand, like Marcus said, being the brand steward. But there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that make a big difference. And we kind of like to call it cost of ownership. And that's where you can design a beautiful architecture or structure, but you know, what are you going to build it out of? Um, is it going to be indoors, outdoors? Um, you have drayage at auto shows and trade shows. So do you use hard panel or fabric walls? So there's a lot of things where, you know, I think in our experiences where we've gone in and, and seen maybe our competitors build something that looks really nice that might cost X amount of dollars from capital expenditures, but then the life of it in the operational part of it is not sustainable. So, I mean, there's so many things that, that go on behind and I think that's where our experience comes in helping, you know, exhibit managers or, or, or agencies that really don't get into three-dimensional architecture that much is, is that, that kind of, we have a, 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 I think we have the picture of the iceberg on yes. our website. Yes. So it's like, you know, you have the tip of the iceberg but there's all this stuff underneath that you really got to consider and that's where I think we can add value to our customers is making sure it looks nice, but making sure that it can live, you know, cost effectively for three to five years. Exactly. And, and again, it's, it's, a, it's a huge expense for a lot of companies, uh, even even the, the huge companies, it's, it's a big investment for them and they want to make it look right. And so there's a lot that goes into that as, you know, like how long is this going to last? Uh, you know, I, I, all the work we do, of course, trade show guy exhibits, you would expect we do trade shows. Uh, exhibits and you know so looking at something that's going to last three to five to seven years and I've seen companies that I talk to them and I say how long has this exhibit lasted they go 15 years we've got 15 years <laughs> and you wonder well you've got something from like almost two decades ago 
is it really valid to put up there? And so there, there's certainly at some point, you know, the cost expenditure has got to be uh, considered and you've got to move on to something new. And, and that's what I think a lot of what you probably come up against is people want something new. And what, what is that? There's new materials out there. There's new way of doing things. There's new designers that look at things. And that's got to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way John was sort of describing what we do is it's an engineered solution rather than just putting a logo on a panel and following the CI guidelines you got from the client. There's a lot more to it to creating a, you know, a rich experience for attendees or customers that is wrapped in that branding and embodies what that brand is to experience physically in real life. And you know, it's it's a lot more than just using the right PMS colors. It's uh, it's got to be a holistic solution that considers how the user. <laughs> My dog Scruffy's like. Oh, hi, Scruffy. Scruffy. Yeah, <laughs> he does this on occasion. Usually, he sleeps through <laughs> these things. But <laughs> um, so I'm curious. Uh, do you work mainly with agencies, or mostly with the end user? What's what's the the approach? Is that or, or does it really matter from your standpoint? Well. Well, we found that um, agencies were, were in the past, you had the exhibit house and you had the advertising agency and they kind of worked parallel. Uh, but now it seems that, the, that it's kind of coming together a little bit as far as they're kind of getting into three-dimensional space. And we've certainly dealt with a lot of agencies and we've, the agencies, we've met with a couple of big ones here in Pittsburgh and we're going to meet with one in Connecticut, but it seems like they want to be able to offer that three-dimensional solution to their clients, but to have the experience or somebody on staff that would really know all that they would need to know, they really, they don't see it enough in their, you know, their traditional business. So we've gotten a lot of interest from advertising agencies to work with them and to, you know, educate them or to be a part of their presentations. And when, you know, they might be presenting content or media or something else, we would come in and kind of be the three-dimensional branding experts. So, but, but the end user were, you know, is something, you know, we're definitely going to go after pretty hard and we have a lot of good contacts. So, I mean, but honestly, I'm, really like working with agencies. I mean, it's been a, it's been a really good experience. Yeah. Well, an, an experienced agency is going to know lots of people and they're going to need a resource that they don't have in house, obviously. And so someone like you guys uh, would be a good fit for a lot of that, I would guess. I'm curious if there's a, an ideal project or an ideal client that you would look for, like what kind of project really hits your sweet spot? Or is there even an answer to that given the, the experience and the, the, the variety of things that you've done over the years? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, there, we, we can do a lot of different <laughs> yeah. things if we're going to design our ideal situation. I, I can, I, I mean, only because we, we did a presentation up to, we went up to Detroit and uh, did a presentation to Rivian. And uh, it's a new automotive electric car manufacturer, trucks, SUVs only, or is it? Yeah, they've, they've got a truck and an SUV. But uh we got real excited about that because it's 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 new technology. It's 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 some automotive stuff. They're right at the very beginning of their their brand launch into the U.S. and we would be a perfect fit because they're not really ready to have a you know 
exhibit manager, but they're going to be doing outdoor events. They're going to be doing exhibitions. They're going to be doing all sorts of stuff. And I think that would be kind of a, a good win-win. It would be a good fit for them and it would be really exciting for us. I mean, that just is the first thing that comes to mind. No, that's a good one. You know, a focused brand. Um, it's, it can, I think it can be a little more satisfying to deal with a, a smaller, more contained brand, especially when we're, you know, part of the, the beginning of it and helping develop the brand as an experiential thing, rather than sort of being handed down existing CI and existing content from an agency, you know, helping contribute an architectural and experiential element to the brand from the beginning is really ideal for us. And, and last question, this, I again saw this on your website and it has to do with analytics and data science, which doesn't seem to be something that, you know, a, you know, 3D property builder would get into, but what kind of things does that mean to you and how does that impact the overall experience that your clients are getting when you talk about analytics and data science? Hmm. Well, uh, you know, analytics and data, big data are what drive all communications now in the marketing um, industry. And I think everyone is still sorting out a lot of ways to use that information. Some of it's really mature in terms of how they apply it, use it, and capture it. And, you know, that's easy in electronic marketing formats, obviously. Google will give you all the analytics you want. <laughs> yeah. There's not an, an analog for that in physical marketing that's really reliable. And, you know, if you're a large marketer and you've got a, a uh, a large program of exhibits or experiential marketing that goes throughout the year, you're going to want to understand a little more depth of, of what the effect is of your, of your efforts. And, you know, we've talked to some, some companies over the years and we've worked on some projects where there's technology now that we can use to measure people in physical spaces and interactions, traffic flow, traffic patterns, those kind of things. And then once you've got that information, you can iterate that back into design and make it work better, reduce pinch points, make it, you know, increase dwell times, decrease dwell times, whatever it is you want to do. Once you've got some numbers on what it is you've been doing. Right. So we did a, we did a test at uh, the Pittsburgh Auto Show with, with some of this technology and, and to be able to see what person was going up to what, which vehicle, what you know, if it was a new vehicle that was there, <clears throat> how long they spent at that vehicle, what the traffic patterns were of that person. And, and, and I guess, you know, this information could also be compiled with all the other analytics they have to maybe just add a little bit more support or clarity to some of the other analytics. But it's, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, that technology is everywhere and they're talking about, you know, there's a lot of considerations with privacy and, and yep. whether you get gender and age and that kind right. of stuff. So it's kind of, it's, 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 it's happening, but uh, you know, some companies want it and have, you know, think it's very valuable. Others can care less. And some are set up to use it effectively yeah. and some just sort of gather data because they know they should, but they don't really know how to <laughs> apply it to it. Yeah. And, and again, we could talk about that topic for an hour. I just was curious to get your, your kind of top level take on it. I always think that, you know, data you get from whatever it is from a discrete event um, is interesting. But if you track it over two or three or four years, you're seeing trends, which I yeah. think are also as important 
uh, especially if, like at a trade show, if you're able to count or get a, a pretty accurate count of uh, the number of visitors at your booth right. or impressions of your booth by taking a short survey. If you do that over time, you're going to get some information which is going to be useful to make decisions down the line. So, That's so, true. Yeah. so uh, I, I uh, want to make sure we get to how, to people, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to find you guys? Uh, shareexperience.co is our website. That'd be okay. the easiest place to find us. Um, we have just recently got involved with uh, the Pittsburgh Tech Council. So that's a sort of like a better business bureau for tech companies in Pittsburgh. Gotcha. And Pittsburgh is a tech center for the world now. So it's, it's booming as an industry there. But yeah, shareexperience.co, easiest way. Okay, great. And I noticed uh, just before we got online, Marcus, I have to ask you about this, that you, you graduated uh, from high school and college on the same day at the age of 16. What was going on there? <laughs> I just <laughs> really <laughs> just wanted to get it over with, right? <laughs> yeah, John, John wrote my bio, so that's why that's... <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> We hey, it's, it's been fun talking to you both. I really appreciate it, John and Marcus. And uh, thanks again for spending time here. Uh, it's fun to learn what you guys are doing. Best of luck. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds over the next couple of years for you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks again to John and Marcus from Share Experience for spending some time on today's show. I look forward to following them and seeing what they get up to in the way of events and work in the next few years. Should be uh, fun and interesting. Uh, trade show tip of the week. Um, social media. I'll be at uh, Expo West this week. And yes, I do post to social media quite a bit, depending on how busy I am. I often take pictures of booths or people in booths, more likely, and post them to Instagram, which spreads out to uh, Twitter and Facebook. I always suggest you post a lot when you're at a show as well. Uh, whatever your platform, it's nice to see, uh, have other people see what you're up to, whether it's a Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Just be consistent. Uh, put up good photos of your booth and of visitors. Shoot short videos if you can. Post them. Always use the show hashtag. That's kind of my main tip so the people who do not follow you can find you. Uh, this week's one good thing. I'm going to give a shout out to Dean Kuntz, a new book called The Forbidden Door, a Jane Hawk novel. I've only read two or three Dean Kuntz books in my life and it's been a long time and I, I saw this and picked it up and thought, you know, I need something a little different. I like to lead, read a lot of interesting sort of suspense and action mystery and and uh, fiction. And this is this is a pretty good one. He's, he's a really good writer, and I'm having a good time going through this. I'm about, you know, two-thirds of the way through. That's my one good thing of this week. Have yourself a great week. If, by the way, uh, you're in Anaheim and you're going to be at Expo West and you managed to see this before Expo West, uh, you can send me a message on Twitter or ping me through the website, and I'll make sure it'll come to my email. So I'd love to hook up and have a cup of coffee or something. Have a great week. Thanks for watching.